Thank you for tuning in to the Queer Stories of Q's podcast. Hello, my name is Rio Flores. Thank you for allowing me the chance to interview you. I am the research assistant for the LGBTQ Research Center. Um, we are creating an oral history archive project with interview. And essentially, we're just interviewing folks from within the Syracuse community or anyone that's a student, staff, faculty, alum, and etc. And this project is just to capture stories and experiences from regarding your experiences um, of queerness or just how Syracuse can either be helpful or harmful. Um, so just to start it off, um, can you please state your name and what are your pronouns if you'd like to share? Yeah, sounds good. My name is Victoria and my pronouns are they, them. Thank you. Uh, it's nice to meet you. And can you tell me uh, when and where you were born or if you um, moved around, if you could share that as well? Yeah, sure. I was born in Flint, Michigan, and then I moved around quite a bit. I was born in 1999 and um, I moved around quite a bit. I lived in Georgia for a little bit and Texas for a little bit, and then Syracuse, and now L.A. Wow, L.A. That's just, I really want to move there. You should. I'm enjoying it so far. Uh, if you are comfortable with sharing, um, can you just tell me some experiences you had growing up um, a part of the LGBTQ community with your family or friends or just like experiences as growing up, um, whether that's, um, coming to terms with your identity or just how it was when you was a child. Yeah, I think, um, I think that I like unknowingly grew up around a bunch of other people who also turned out to be like queer and trans, but like None of us knew we were queer and trans, and so we got around this age. Um, or not, not that we didn't know, but we didn't really come out until around now. And um, but like, didn't grow up in like a queer-friendly, trans-friendly like house or community or whatever. Um, yeah, as I've, like, grown up and stayed in touch with, like, people that I've known my whole life, like, it turned out that a lot of us were queer and trans, and, like, looking back, we can, like, see how, like, even our behaviors in childhood were, like, kind of making that very obvious yeah. before we even, you know, started calling ourselves those things, um, like, a personal experience or, like, something that I crack myself up remembering is that, like, as a kid, I used to walk around, like, dressed like Michael Jackson. And 
just like that kind of like gender performance and all of that stuff, even though I wasn't thinking about it that way. And like me sometimes going by like different names that were like not like female sounding or like just stuff like that is very <laughs> telling that like this was always a thing of like me being trans and queer, even though I knew I was like queer sooner than I knew I was trans. Yeah, um, did you, I guess you, I guess, talked about it, but, like, when you came to terms with it, or, uh, I guess it would be two different things, like you said, you know, how you're coming to terms with your trans identity was, like, a lot later than realizing, you know, just when we talk about your sexuality, but I guess, can you just talk about, I guess, for first, can you talk about, um, coming to terms with your sexuality, and then... Um, how was it with your gender identity? Maybe was the environment around you different or, you know, was it maybe easier to come to terms with your, uh, gender identity? Yeah. Um, with like coming to terms with like queerness when I was like really young, I kind of like knew that I was queer, but I, I really only knew about like queerness as a pertains to like gay people and so I didn't think that like queer was a thing or like I just didn't know like language for whatever but I knew that I didn't just like like boys um and then probably around in high school I like started dating and like my first partner was a girl and at the, at the time, I was IDing as a girl, even though I'm, like, non-binary. But um, that was kind of, like, my introduction to practicing queerness, I guess. Like, I was still queer before then. But <laughs> in terms of, like, actually, like, expressing my affection in a queer relationship or, like, pursuing a queer relationship, that was, like that first experience and that was just like a time of dealing with a lot of like weird homophobia as like two people that were perceived as women and like how weird people are about that especially in Texas and like being black and having a homophobic family like all of that was weird and was not like well received but you know I think that was like a time of just trying to be like more quiet about my queerness because I didn't like come out on purpose <laughs> I was like found out <laughs> but um yeah I think at the time I was like very much accepting of myself but like knowing that it wasn't going to be cool with other people and like trying to keep that yeah aspect and still being a child and trying right. to right <laughs> i was like i live under else's roof i can't just be me <laughs> <laughs> um, i guess also um i should have asked this before um but if you mm -hmm. could state um your identities or how you identify <laughs> as um, and it, it, this could be very, you know, it, it, it could be anything. <laughs> okay. Oh, well, I'm 
black. I'm uh, non-binary, even though I don't love that word. Um, or, like, genderqueer also, I guess, would apply. Or, like, yeah. I like queer because it just, like, encompasses a lot. And I feel like that makes the most sense. So, like, genderqueer, a queer person, <laughs> their sexuality, um, black, neurodivergent, all of those things, trans. <laughs> no, thank you. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> um, I guess the next uh, I guess the next question, since we talked about your childhood briefly, and it could be a lot to get into that <laughs> on the podcast series, so I'm not getting into my childhood <laughs> in public, um, but I, it was just more so of, um, I guess if you could state your affiliation or your connection with Syracuse. Um, okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, I came to Syracuse for school. Uh, when I started college, whatever year that was, <laughs> I don't know the concept of time, but, you know, a few years ago, I came to Syracuse for school, and then after I graduated, I stayed for a few more years, and I just moved a few weeks ago. Wow. Um, how was it moving from Texas to Syracuse? Um, it was a lot more like Texas than I thought it would be. <laughs> thought that I was, I'm like originally from up north and, you know, as a kid, things are not as obvious as they are when you are yeah. an adult in terms of like people's attitudes and racial dynamics and stuff like that. Um, and so when I moved to the south and then had the opportunity to leave the south, I thought things were going to be different and they were just like weird in a different way but I do like a lot of what I found in Syracuse outside of like the school was not great but <laughs> I do like the city of Syracuse a lot and I think like the city of Syracuse has like great people and like great history um yeah, yeah. um I guess uh, since you mentioned like the community um and even though you don't, like, you wouldn't identify as, like, a Syracuse, like, local, um, <clears throat> have you, do you, um, would you like to share, sorry, I'm trying to figure out a better way to rephrase it, but just, like, um, how has, you know, Syracuse University overall impacted the community, and, <clears throat> and this could be regarding community, it could be, like, anything, it could be, how has the school impacted yeah, the community? like... I think, like, the school <laughs> distracts from the community yeah. a lot. Like, it's, it happens to be here, but it's not, like, an integral part of, like, what makes Syracuse the city, like, special. Yeah. And, like, for the people who actually live in Syracuse, like, long-term and, like, are actually from Syracuse... I don't think that the school has, like, ties to the community in a real way where they do anything for people or, like, are really, like, a part of the community beyond, like, sporting events and, like, the occasional off-campus thing. But, like, I don't think the, the community is, like, very tied into campus. And I think, like, that's campus's fault 
because they just don't care about the community and it's more about like the students that they bring in for profit but yeah i think that the the school takes away from the city a bit no definitely i i mean i guess we see it with the dorms and the spaces Mm -hmm. that syracuse continues to take up uh i i don't know um on any updates of it just like a lot like a part of the Syracuse neighborhood that's pretty close to SU is going to be bought up again by Syracuse. Yeah. I think it's the area closer to BBB and Lawson. Yeah. So I guess we could just... Yeah, they just keep buying up a ton of property. Even, like, the public parks and, like, basketball courts, they're trying to, like, make only Syracuse student accessible, which is, like, outrageous. Yes. Like, um, Dorinden Park, um... Yeah. And the, the school is very part of the community and it like wouldn't have to be like that if they were just like part of the community, but they're not. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when I came here they like I I just came here during the summer and they gave like a not a whole speech but like they just made to make sure to mention like how safety speech. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Dangerous it might be or safety concerns. Uh, yeah. If you like, maybe if you paid taxes or like <laughs> gave to the community, then things would be safer. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> um, I guess if we knew our neighbors, we wouldn't be so scared. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so moving on from um, just to. Uh, impact Syracuse has on the community um because I know we could talk a lot more about that because of the amount of just the amount of evidence there is the amount of things there are to say (laughs) um but can you talk about your experience um overall at SU and this can be like your experience a part of the community or just your experience period you know like uh, your experience just as a student that at a predominantly white institution, uh, uh, institution that has a lot of history with racist um, incidents on campus. So, oh yeah. Um, you know, just just share your experiences for the public. I think that my experience, like, as a student at SU was, like, weird, and it just got, like, progressively more weird, and then, like, less weird and more violent (laughs) Um, as my time at SU progressed. Like, there was always, like, the weird PWI stuff, but that was, like, something that I was pretty prepared for. Um... I did, I don't know, I had, like, naive thoughts about, like, what my experience would be like, um, and I think I just, like, some of the stuff that SU threw at me over the years was, like, stuff that just no one could have predicted, um, because I predicted all the, like, usual weird white people racism stuff. Um, but I didn't predict a lot of, like, the admin racism stuff. 
Um, but yeah, I, I want to say like my freshman year, I was just like happy to be here. I was happy to like be away from home. I was happy to like be out of the South. Um, I lived in like a dorm that was like specifically for other people of color. So like I felt like in community with people and I felt like I had enough, like, enough people that looked like me like around me that it didn't feel like so weird and it felt like I had like a community to like deal with the weirdness um and but I was still like having fun (laughs) and having a good time um and still facing like weird stuff in my classes and like that kind of stuff but overall I was having a good time and then (laughs) as my time here progressed especially as I got like more involved with like community stuff and like organizing around the kind of like massive weird stuff that was happening like with regard to like racist incidents and like the school's response and just really just like stuff that I didn't have any intention of getting involved with like that's my personality anyway but it was really just, like, living and existing being black. Like, something was going to happen to you at SU that made you get involved. And so even before I, like, was actively seeking out, like, organizing spaces and stuff, like, I was just at a party with, like, a friend that, or for a friend who I actually met in Texas, and we both came to SU. And, like, that party got attacked and then, like, the police response was terrible. The school response was terrible. It was like the Ackerman incident. And I think everything from there just like really opened my eyes to like the kind of place the SU is for students to like speak out against the like past like the narrative of just like I'm having a good time and SU is a good place. Like if yeah. you. <laughs> The minute that you start, like, thinking and feeling that and you express it, like, it gets a lot less of a, it becomes a lot less welcoming environment. And yeah. it, like, very weird, very fast. And that was, like, pretty much my experience all the way leading up to, like, the Not Again Shoe stuff, the Cross Hines, um, starvation, yeah. <laughs> et cetera. <laughs> like, it's just... <laughs> was compounding all the way up until I got out of here. Um, sorry that you had to um, personally experience the acumen incident, because I, oh, I'm a <laughs> senior now, but I think I wasn't even here when that happened. <laughs> so I was more so like, I think, from, I guess, folks that also listen to this podcast or just um, students that come later on, like, that they would have to, like, just hear what happened or like what has mm-hmm. happened in the past and see it continue to happen like in the present in different contexts in different ways right right because we obviously know like things are still happening now even if we're not getting like emails about it um right because of like who was there like students not being comfortable um not having a place to reach out for support and help um I think that's just something that oh, every student, well, I wouldn't even say every, but specific, specific <laughs> students, specific groups of students. <laughs> end up having that's to experience. <laughs> um, <laughs> but <laughs> getting into that, 
Um, I just wanted to ask. Um, I guess you mentioned it before. Um, and and the and the sense of like organizing and protesting. Um, but I guess what would be uh, what was some ways you resist? Um, and I think you could talk about resistance like prior to SU and maybe after um, because you have graduated already so I feel like you know our experiences are different but if your form of existence has like changed or maybe has like amplified <laughs> in some way and if SU is a product of <laughs> any change yeah uh, I think like I think with resistance in general, like, I learned, I grew a lot in terms of, like, studying, like, the history of resistance and, like, what actually works and what doesn't, because I used to be, like, a very liberal person, and even though, like, a lot of us in the U.S. think, like, liberal good, conservative bad. Like, I now know that it's, like, liberal bad, conservative bad. And, like, there are other options. And, like, people that have, like, studied history and, like, studied what works. And it's not, like, liberal solutions to things. And so I've learned a lot about, like, changing my tactics from, like, being so concerned about who wins elections to, like, actually doing collective action about stuff that, like, materially changes things for people. Because if we, like, look at the history of resistance, we know it hasn't been, like, elections of two people that serve the same interest, ultimately, that, like, change people's conditions for the better. And it's been, like, actual acts of resistance or, like, breaking rules or, like, making power upset and, like, doing things that have consequences. Um, and I also think, like, I've learned about making mm -hmm. things, like, mm -hmm. making things a collective or, like, being in community mm -hmm. with other people so that mm -hmm. our problems are each other's problems and not just, like, our own because there's tons of people like you said like groups yeah. on campus and groups in the world that are like going through the same things but like isolated as individuals and they're like going up against people that are that have more power than them more money than them whatever and like unless you really like connect with your community and like share your experiences like you're not gonna know what everyone is commonly struggling with yeah and like you're not gonna have the backing of like other people um so yeah. Uh, thank you uh, for sharing that. I I just um I guess you kind of talked about it in the sense of community, um. But I guess how you felt like in your years at SU, um, that the community like you gained a community and that you know or like you was able to maybe um reach out to specific folks to create or to like you know gain a community outside of Syracuse like once you graduated um because I know with Syracuse there's like a big like alum network but like I don't even mean that specifically just like uh -huh. just like a community in general like you know uh, spaces where you felt like it was safe enough um to talk to heal um and if 
there were like folks on campus that helped with that you know if there was any offices or anything like that yeah i think like i think some of the community i made was just like casual friendships like regular stuff people that i met in my classes or like people that i met in my dorm and stuff that i stayed close to and like had connections with but i think a lot of like my long-term connections at SU are also like people that i met in like not ideal circumstances like people that i met trying to like resist stuff or like going up against things that were like bigger than us um so i also met a lot of people that way that i like feel like i've formed like long-term community with No, thank you for sharing that. Um, sorry, give me a moment. I'm sorry about that. The I have been having some connection issues, um, no but I guess um, moving on. Uh, I just wanted to ask if you could uh, state your connection to SU and what is. If if you're no longer a student at SU, if you could, um, which I know you aren't because I stated you as alumni, but if you could say your occupation and kind of like what you've been doing now. Right. So. <laughs> Can you remind me what the question was? Um, yeah, just, uh, I guess. Your oh, connection. just my relation to the school? Yeah, and your occupation. Okay, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. So I went to Syracuse for a few years. Um, I graduated early, but I went to Syracuse for a social work degree. Um, I graduated two years ago or something like that. Really couldn't tell you. Um, And since then, I have been working i work at the trevor project which is an org that does crisis services for lgbtq youth um so that's what i'm doing now since graduation doing like community organizing stuff how has it been working (laughs) since graduation uh, I think the only thing worse than unemployment is employment, but I'm glad that I'm no longer job hunting, and I'm, like, glad that I feel morally okay about what I have to do on a daily basis, mm-hmm. and I'm glad that I don't have to leave my house to work, and I'm glad that I have time to, like, do actual stuff in the community because I think a lot of, like, nonprofit work is not as impactful as it could be mm-hmm. if it wasn't tied to a nonprofit. <laughs> no, um, congratulations on the job. Thank, Thank <laughs> you. And at least uh, you don't have to work in a COVID environment. And right. 
exactly i'm not trying to yeah breathe that in at my <laughs> place of work no definitely not um i i got actually said on the topic of covid as if have you when you was at su um <laughs> i don't remember the timing of covid um again of like when it like started started but mm-hmm. if you could if covid did ex- like impact your experience maybe how have covid impacting your uh is this as how has covid impacted imp- yeah how has covid impacted you and maybe like how, did it change anything in regards to you know like Mm-hmm. Just um, I think that COVID started like my senior year, towards the end of second semester, um, and like at the time, we were involved in like the lock-in protests, um, that had gone on for like a month. So, the time that it happened was just like, I think weirder for like us involved in that protest and like for everyone else that this whole like time was passing weirder and we weren't really like super looped into like what was going on in the world and like outside of that building um so when we heard about covid it just like i didn't feel looped into like how that came about and like when that became a thing um and then we kind of got pushed out into it because the protests ended at the same time that, like, COVID was picking up and the time that, like, the decisions were being made that people weren't coming back to campus and stuff. So um, I was still, I was, like, technically at the end of my classes or at the end of, like, the classes that I needed to graduate, but I still had a bunch of classwork to do to actually graduate um because i had like a bunch of incomplete grades from the month of protesting and then covid starting so um a lot of it was just like scrambling for housing but like again that's where like i was so glad that i was like in community with people that like genuinely (laughs) like gave a fuck about what happened (laughs) to me and like making sure that each other like all had a roof over our head at like a very confusing time because like for various reasons I wasn't trying to go home like not during a pandemic and not at all also um so it was like nice to be in community with people that like were in the same boat and were like all invested in each other's like well-being and us like having a place to stay so a lot of it was just like being indoors with the same people that I was indoors with for a month already and then um trying to like finish my classes and graduate which eventually happened yeah I mean congratulations on graduating thank Uh, you I thought I'd never see the day (laughs) (laughs) I'm just trying the same thing just to graduate um but I I guess you kind of um mentioned before how SU has always been in like just the experience if you have had on SU and not just being queer and gender queer but just also just just being at SU like you know like I that that's just a whole other layer 
Um, yep. <laughs> but uh, I wanted to ask if during COVID, I mean, you was at SU like briefly, like mm-hmm. not briefly. COVID still did have like a huge impact the first time it hit since it went from in person to remote. And everything was, like, very quickly. Like, everything escalated so rapidly. Mm-hmm. Um, have you, how, how did you feel? Um, like, if you felt supported or you felt like it was a lot? Because um, I know that one semester there was pass and fails for courses. But, like, how was it academic? Oh, how was it academically? Um, and mm-hmm. if, like, you know, how, how it had an impact on you? Like, you know, like... Um, when we talk about mental health, um, within communities, like, within communities, especially, mm-hmm. like, at a private institution, like, a Syracuse University, mm-hmm. like, a lot of times students feel overwhelmed or aren't supported as much. Um, let me talk about your brief experience during that time during COVID. Yeah, I think, like, like I mentioned earlier, like, I feel like community really, like, had my back in that moment, like, where none of us really knew what was going on, but we wanted to, like, make sure that each other didn't get sick. We were, like, trying to make sure that we all had a place to stay. Um, in terms of the school, though, like, like I said, the protest was, like, happening at the same time, um, or, like, right leading into COVID, so, like, that was like mentally super rough and like it was directly caused by the university and like fighting with them being starved by them being threatened with arrest by them like physical violence like all of that and also just like the mental drain of like having to deal with academia like during a moment of crisis and like people not being understanding about work not being done i was like my work's not done i'm doing the work (laughs) but (laughs) just like i think that really was like eye-opening about like how much academia is like not there to support you like i was always a good like student in terms of like getting good grades i don't know if i was a good student (laughs) but in terms of, like, you know, getting good results out of classes, like, that was always okay for me. But, like, if you are in a situation, which, like, happened various times throughout, like, school, but the protest being the biggest one of, like, you know, school not being your priority or, like, yeah. stuff happening in your personal life or, like, trauma or whatever, um, <laughs> there's no understanding and academia is not for that. So... I think, like, I had to, I had to just, like, care a little less. (laughs) I was, like, at the end of the day, like, I know that what I'm doing or, like, whatever I'm going through and taking care of myself is, like, more important than what these people want for me for these classes that, like, ultimately don't (laughs) matter that much. Um, Not to say that I didn't get anything out of them, but, like, at the end of the day, like, life experience trumps academia for me. Yeah. And just in terms of, like, understanding the world and, like, interacting with the world and being, like, an active person in your community. I was, like, I know that, like, what I'm 
doing or even like if it was just like a traumatic moment where school wasn't my priority like prior to the protest like I just have to care a little less and like adjust my attitude because I was like I can't make everything an emergency like they're trying to make it it's just not it doesn't trump like whatever going on yeah and to like prioritize yourself like ask for extension lie (laughs) do whatever you gotta do to like take care of yourself first because like academia is not gonna provide that space to like give you time or like anything and uh i guess just we have three more questions that we're as we're approaching the end um and you did just give us some advice uh, to just students that might come to SU in the future, or just people that are still here and trying to find their space. But um, would you have any wisdom or anything else you'd like to share um, for future folks that are queer, non-queer, um, anyone that's listening to this podcast, um, anything you would like to share with what you learned? Yeah, um, you know, if you're queer and, like, maybe you're away from home coming to Syracuse, like, you know, be yourself. (laughs) This is, like, the opportunity to, like, be in a new place and, like, be yourself fully is, like, really cool and take advantage of that and just, like, you know, obviously to the extent that you can safely. Um, But yeah, um, that and like find people that are like going through the same things as you. Um, Find people that like genuinely care about your well-being if you can. Yeah. Um, And like where that's reciprocated, ideally like multiple people and like, I don't know, like figure out what you can do for each other, you know, like everyone has their stuff that they're good at and like, (laughs) you know, you know, like build networks with people so that like you can get your needs met and other people can get their needs met. Uh, Yeah. No, thank you for... Also, you. like, never collaborate with the university. <laughs> it's my final <laughs> advice. <laughs> um, thank you. <laughs> thank you for your advice. Um, and your... <laughs> and the wisdom that you just shared. Um, I guess you kind of mentioned it when you're talking about building that work. Um, but, mm-hmm. like, everyone does one thing um also just for like you know their health you know whether that's realizing that you're stressed out and it's a lot right now mentally emotionally that physically all these classes have been taking a toll on me just things that you experience trauma so um instead of focusing on trauma um because a lot of times in media that's all there is just more and more harm that we see to the community so what is just some things that you would do for joy or just things that you do um that make you happy that you know just focuses on you know just taking care of yourself as well Mm -hmm. um 
I think like just know like knowing myself and like knowing what I need to recharge is like good. Like I think it's like take taking like into inventory like what what makes me feel like recharged and like things for me that do that are like sometimes spending time around friends sometimes like just being by myself because sometimes I just need that to recharge um but yeah like checking in with people that care about you and vice versa um music going outside when I have the energy to um and also just like getting involved in like service in whatever capacity like helps me when I'm feeling like like things are doomed <laughs> like <laughs> I think that like it doesn't sound like it would be as refreshing as it is to like work or like organize or whatever but like I think that that sustains me a lot <laughs> because yeah. like it reminds me that there's like alternatives to like things being as bad as they are yeah. and that like there are people that care about that and are like actually building towards solutions that go somewhere and that you can like see actual progress from so i encourage people to do that and that brings me joy i don't know thank you for that um i guess um to wrap up the interview and it's been an amazing experience so far it's just talking to you more about um how you feel about su your experiences um how it shaped your new career as a trevor project um i just wanted to ask um just essentially anything that you're grateful for i know that su may not have been a great place um for some folks and that not everyone has like joyful memories um i know that like i think for me specifically when i came to college i felt like su was just more like this this shining place like i don't know like mm-hmm. the people just the reputation is shiny yes. than it is. <laughs> yeah. the reputation is the word that's the word um uh-huh. it just uh, there was a lot more of a, it's gonna be amazing experience and then mm-hmm. uh, experience it's a utopia for some people yeah. <laughs> and, and then I you get here and you're like oh like this this is like paradise for somebody else though like mm-hmm. not for me <laughs> But, uh, At my expense. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but just <laughs> not focusing on that. Um, if you uh can share some things that you are grateful for, like mm-hmm. you know, whether maybe the people you were able to meet or just mm-hmm. uh, maybe individuals you have met throughout your time, and it, this could be like a part of staff, faculty um alum anyone specifically that you know maybe that you met uh and then just any words you would like to share you know think about mm-hmm. as like your final yearbook quote <laughs> yeah um i am grateful for like people that i met like you said like obviously the school wasn't necessarily a great experience but like everyone that went to that school there were great people there that like got trapped just like we did so <laughs> like I, I, I'm, like, glad that I met people that I feel like will be in my life for, like, a long time, um, like, chosen family, you know, like, queer family, people that, like, 
are like even more than like friends. Um, and I'm grateful that I like got to spend time in the city of Syracuse, like outside of the university, um, especially in like the years after graduation, um, and even before that, but just like getting to spend time in the Syracuse community and like going into like organizing spaces in Syracuse and like supporting other people's actions and like hearing about like the kind of like amazing work that people are doing in the community of Syracuse so like aren't university affiliated I'm like grateful for and like orgs and stuff that like helps me meet like like-minded people or helps me to like build for futures for like other yeah. black queer trans people like color collective um some people in the oma office and you know like the occasional teacher maybe i don't really i don't really know but <laughs> um all those things i'm like super grateful for that they made up like my experience even though that she was always weird <laughs> <laughs> thank you for saying uh thank you for saying what you're grateful for um and just overall it's nice to hear your experience i just want to also let you know that um this podcast series will be up in the archives and if you at any point would not want it to be up uh uh you could just contact us contact me and we could take it down um but uh thank you so much for this opportunity just to get to um interview more interview you more um and talk about just how issue was for you um and just like talking about bigger issues that Syracuse community does have the Syracuse University does have but doesn't adjust um and just thank you again for this chance no problem thanks for having me <laughs>